Right at the Fork is supported by Portland Food and Drink.com, Portland's original restaurant review and news blog, presented by Food Dude, your source for everything you need to know in the Portland food and beverage world. Check in today at PortlandFoodandDrink.com and by Chew Dining Club. Chew is about connecting passionate chefs with passionate food lovers. The Chew mobile app provides a way for you to access a community of food lovers, chefs, and special events in our unique food community. Download the app today on iTunes or Google Play. First week of April. Or it might be the second. <laughs> it, okay. Yeah. The beautiful thing about podcasting. Yeah. It's the first or second week. <laughs> yeah. How about if it's the beginning of April? And you may be listening to this in August of 2017. Right. That's that's true as well. That's the that's podcast. Well, it's spring here in Portland right now, which is a great time to be talking with our, our guest today. Oh, by the way, I'm Court Johnson, uh, co-host, along with uh, Chris Angelis from Portland Food Adventures. We should talk about this real quickly here. You've got some great trips going on this summer that people should get registered for, signed up for right now. Well, they're late summer, September, yeah. going into fall. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I love having you on. I love having I get you to, as a I get to pimp you out without yeah, well, you. you get to, but I wasn't even right. thinking about it. So no, I, I just, just want you know, I was you, like, okay, you, cool. You thanks. put together uh, is it three trips this year? Three trips. Yeah. Very quickly because we want to get right into this podcast with Damien Majesta. We're going to Italy with Rick from Lardo and Grassa mm-hmm. in early, I think, September 2nd. Uh, we're going to do Southern Italy. We're going to eat some pizza, some wine, have a little cooking with Rick Very nice. and for uh, seven days. Um, and that is going to be really cool. Rick is one of the nicest guys we've had. him. On. We just had him on the podcast. Listen to that one. Yeah. And, uh, and then we move on a couple of days later, September 10th, I believe. or Yeah, it might be the 10th or the 11th, uh, with Aaron Barnett at yeah. St. Jack. In uh, Lyon, France. Yes, your old stomping grounds. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be really special. People may not know this. He's serving Lyonnaise cuisine that uh, Aaron has never been to Lyon. This is an opportunity to go with Aaron. So you can experience Lyon for the first time that he is. Right. Yeah. And he knows everything. Right. He's, he's went to school yeah. on Lyon. But it's an opportunity. And then lastly, something I can't wait to do. Last year we went to Barcelona with uh, Jose Chesa mm-hmm. at Ataula when he had his one restaurant. Now he's got three. Ataula, Chesa, and 180. Um, and we're going to start in Barcelona for four days, move our way through Aragon, A-R-A-G-O-N, to his family summer home, going to have a toast in his wine cellar, and then make our way to San Sebastian for a few days there, uh, through Bilbao and the La Rioja wine region. Now look at you in that fancy language talking. I'm getting yeah. slightly better at yeah, it, yeah. but it's always been one of my uh, shortfalls is pronunciations. So people can get details on these trips on uh, PortlandFoodAdventures.com. Uh, the PFA International and, tab. There you go. And I, what I really suggest people do. What's that? Hashtag PFA Barcelona okay. from last year to get an idea of, of what, what it, this looks like. There you it's go. It's pretty cool. You get to eat with chefs and, and get their recommendations where they know they want you to enjoy. 
Very nice. All right, so back to Damien. I was talking about it being springtime. It's a great time to talk about uh, the fact that there are bees out and about doing their job. Mm-hmm. And and Damien is the expert when it comes to uh, bees. He's been that uh, way f- for some time because of Since obviously he started be local. Be local. Yeah. He's had that going for, I guess, five years now. I don't mm-hmm. know. Listen to episode 34, mm-hmm. which we reference in the podcast. A few times. That's the um, that's the episode where we talk about how he started it, and we're, we don't get into that too much here. So the reason we wanted to talk to him is because he just took a trip to Cambodia in search of rare bees, exotic bees. Yeah, giant bees, apparently. And lots of fun, interesting things happened, and uh, thought it would be really cool for us to find out, and in the process of... You and I finding out about it, a couple of other people who happen to listen to the podcast. That's right. Also check out Damien's recent article on eating bugs. It was published in Craft by Under My Host magazine. You'll find a link to that in the show notes section of the podcast. Also check out his website, DamienMagista.com. Links to articles, some great photography there. And speaking of which, follow him on Instagram like I recently have, at Damien Magista. Uh, as you listen to this, uh, keep in mind, we'd love for you to share this episode. And when you do so, Damien has uh, agreed. And we kind of asked him at the very last minute, kind of so we put him on the spot. <laughs> but he agreed to uh, hook somebody up with some uh, Be Local honey. And so at the end, you'll you'll hear us make that offer. But make sure you uh, share this with your friends, whomever is in your social media circles. Hashtag share to win R-A-T-F. Yeah. The number two. And that's how you do it. So, uh, hey man. Hey man. Thanks for hosting me the other day. <laughs> that was fun. I had a great time. I was just showing someone pictures last night of uh, the whole Jacobson deal out in Etarts. Yeah, it's beautiful out there. And it's so nice to be able to uh, go out and hang out at a beach house with an incredible salt works right I'm the coming bay. back. You got to yeah, be there more often. So it was, yeah, you and the, you got to bring your dog. You got to have like dog, uh-huh. dog fun. But Heck yeah. It was pretty cool. It was and, fun. It was and fun. I love the fact that I think the last time we spoke, which was episode 34. 34. 34. We're now on 70. It was like 40 episodes ago. We're 70, yeah. 74. Oh God, I'm, se- feeling, 70, I'm feeling yeah, old. 70 something. I'm yeah. feeling old. But uh, you were not in business with Ben Jacobson. I was not in business with point. Ben Jacobson. So we yeah. were just talking about. Damien and his own business and what mm-hmm. you did to get Be Local where it was. Yep. And, and, and uh, since then, really cool thing. You've come under the umbrella of Jacobson Salt Company. We have, yeah. And uh, so wherever you see, generally speaking, wherever you see Jacobson Salt, you see Be Local Honey. You do. It's, it's, uh, it, was, uh, it was a really good move, um, and I'm, I'm really happy I did it. Um, and, uh, so now we have, you know, be local was, um, we were struggling a little bit. Um, I think that, uh, people, what's funny about, um, kind of our industry and, and, and what, um, people see and what they perceive is, is really, they see just the surface of something and they don't see all the kind of turmoil and the struggle and, and all that sort of thing that goes around and being a business owner, owner. And um, I think that people, uh, you know, were seeing Be Local and they were very enthusiastic and are very enthusiastic about it, very supportive and just like, oh, it's so great and great and great. And you guys are doing, you know, wonderfully. And and we were to a certain extent, um, but there was definitely some struggle happening. And um, and uh, it just, uh, you know, through talking to Ben and and and, uh, kind of 
figuring out where I was going to go next. Um, it well, sort of just well, happened. Well, here's the thing. You, you know, you first of all, when you started Be Local, uh-huh. right? Yeah. You weren't a beak. You you didn't. You know, it came out of left field. You worked at Amazon. <laughs> and by the way, that whole backstory is available. <laughs> yeah. Um, episode thirty-four. Yes. Episode thirty-four. So yeah. we encourage. We always encourage everybody yeah. to go back in the archives. This, especially so today, because you get a little more depth. Because we're not going to cover how Beak Local came to be. But nah. no pun intended. Aha. Sounds like it was sort of intended. It, you know, slightly. I will tell you this. It's weird. I made my living writing, mm. and I'm not religious, and I'm not. I'm spiritual, I guess. Those things are just laid on my lap all the time. Those puns. <laughs> This and r- I did. I don't roll off mean, the tongue. No, I didn't even mean it. And then I always say, "I'm telling you, it happens just too much." You got to go for it. Uh, not going for it. It just happens. But at any rate, so um, you you were working at Amazon, and then you started this company. So you're you're good. You got good at how to be a beekeeper and how to generate honey. Mm-hmm. And then you had to learn how to jar it, and then you had mm-hmm. to learn how to go out and get it on shelves and get mm-hmm. it in people's mouths. That's correct. And uh, and tables, and so you don't have to be a marketing expert necessarily. You, and that's one thing that Jacobson brought to the table for you was distribution and and a voice and. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I we did a pretty good job. I did a pretty good job of myself of telling a story. Um, I'm pretty. I. You know, all the media stuff was just me, like, I'm just like, hey, I'm doing this thing, and I just started reaching out to media outlets, and, and people responded very well. But there's a limitation to that, to what one person and then well, two people can do. it still doesn't tell do. you how to get, how many pallets of this to buy, no, and no, how, no. how to go out and market it. And- yeah, yeah. Doesn't necessarily move units. No, 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 <laughs> not, not, not at all. Right, as I, as I quickly learned. Yeah, yeah. Pe- in- people might be, you know, they're at the grocery store or wherever they see it, and they're like, "Oh, I, I know about that," but that doesn't necessarily have them. I'm going to get this. Yeah, or, and it's or- important to tell your story too, because, you know, it's not <laughs> these days. Some of these products are not inexpensive, you right? Know, in, a, in a, on a cupboard budget, so you, right, right. you can buy the Sue B. Right next door for a dollar. Right. Why? Why would? Uh, why would someone buy our product over Subi? And that's that's my job. My job is to tell that story and to, and to make it a, a a real story. This is exactly why you know, and the reasons why is because it's real honey. You know, from from our area, and it's not been heated, treated, or blended. You know, unlike Subi, which has like been processed and cooked and all the pollen pulled out of it and possibly counterfeit honey from, you know, China and stuff. So there's there's such thing honey? as counterfeit honey. <laughs> there is such thing as counterfeit honey. So is that like well, is that like f- flat out fake honey or yes. is it oh well, okay. Well, it's what it is is it's just in a nutshell, we may have touched on this in the on the last episode, but um just in a nutshell what happens is that we have um Honey from China comes in, mm-hmm. and we have really high tariffs on it because they started flooding our market. And um, so what they do is they send it over basically uh, several hops across the world to different ports where they change the shipping manifest and oh, okay. change the containers. So it doesn't look like it's – so it's, it is actually honey. It's just – no, no, nope. you're shaking the finger. No, nope, nope, it nope. is not. <laughs> no, most of the time it's not. So what they do is they will um, – it'll contain some honey. But they're, they're oh, cutting it. They're they like, are cutting it. It's okay. like it's like, uh, like Coke Coke dealers. Yeah, yeah, it's like Coke dealers, man. They're just stepping on the product. <laughs> Woo! So uh, interesting. What are they cutting it with? Like uh, high fructose corn syrup and other kind of additives, oh, wow. sugar-based additives. Right. And so, um, and since there's no federal definition of of honey, 
um, it makes it kind of hard to deal with. Um, so, uh, but the federal government has been doing a better job of, of catching these folks and actually hmm. prosecuting them. So we're seeing some movement on it, but it's still a, a big, big problem. That's bizarre that there's not a federal definition of honey. Isn't that, that, that well, the FDA, I mean, Trump will define it. Well, oh, Trump I'm sure, will I'm sure he already has. Honeys, yeah, I, One more reason to vote for the guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. I didn't mean to go this there. This is I'm the sorry. best honey. That's the, that's the f- Trump honey. Yeah. That's there we go. Trump Ugh. honey. Yeah. I'm, By I, the way, I, I, I saw you... last night, you know, this Trump steaks, the, his butler was interviewed on the I read a read an article in Washington mm-hmm. Post you know how Trump eats his steaks oh uh, uh well well, well do, so yes, well, well done it's like a rock yeah and he's the guy who goes I know steaks yeah so <laughs> all right I'm sorry he, uh, he I knows mean nothing to go there. yeah well, let's not let's not do that he's because like, we, he's like a rock you know here's pumpkin. the other thing we probably have some some Trump supporters who are listening to this podcast oh. and we love this they sure. love them too you can send your emails to Chris <laughs> portlandfoodadventures.com Vote for who you will. Um, at any rate, so that's so. What else is? Can I go get you? You you ask yeah. the question. I'm going to go get you some water. Please, thank you. Right. Sorry, it's uh, cool. This cold has been lingering. I got it's, water it's here. <laughs> it's good. I mean, this or maybe bottle, some, you're not going to want to. I should have brought the moonshine. It's counter, it's, yeah, oh, man. On the had, had okay. Okay. So, so what else has Jacobson brought to the table for oh, you? Oh my! Oh, are you kidding? There you go. Me. See, there it is again. Uh, thank you. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, we uh, what 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 Be Local really needed was a strong infrastructure and a strong team. I'm not, look, I'm not a businessman. I'm I'm a you know I'm I'm a storyteller. I'm a dreamer. I'm a friggin' creator. Um, you know that doesn't necessarily translate into business sense, as you know, as I found out. Um, so immediately, what Jacobson brought to the table was this really important structure, really strong team, really good distribution. Um, Ben has a pretty good business sense, um, really good. He knows where he has a vision and he knows where, you know, we need to go. And it aligned with my ultimate vision. Like, look, I, I, I didn't start Be Local to be um, just this small Portland business, which is fine. I mean, that's great. Um, it, you know, I know a lot of people who do that and, um, and it's a wonderful thing. But for me, I, I know myself so well that if I start something, I want world domination. I want to take this thing as far as it can go. And um, I could not do that by myself. There's just no way. Um, I needed that team, and I needed that um, that someone who saw that vision as well. And Ben, and ben saw that. Um, so uh, so we went ahead and uh, joined forces, and the results have been outstanding. Um, we have seen over a thousand percent growth wow. in the past year. That's that's significant. It's fantastic in one year. In one year, yeah. Wow. Just wait until this year. You probably at one point would have been happy to double it. Oh, oh, I would have been happy to not have to go to my friend's house and lay cement to, you know, to be able to pay my bills and mortgage. Right. You know, I mean, this is what I was, it got to the point. That's the struggle you were referencing. Yeah, before. that's part of the struggle is, is that, you know, uh, only, you know, you can, you can only do so much um, yourself. And I, I mean, there was times when I was thinking that, you know, my, I would see my chef friends posting things. We need a dishwasher tonight. And I'm like thinking, God, can, can I do this? I need to, you know, because I just needed to make, make money, you know. Um, and so luckily we're, we're, we're past that point, you know, we're past the point of, of those struggles. I, and I do think it's really important for people to go through those struggles. It really tests your metal and, and well, it proves, makes you appreciate what you do have when that, it starts to click. That is absolutely right. Um, and, and it's, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's important for people to go through that sort of thing. Um, it's not always uncomfortable. In fact, it's very uncomfortable. Um, there was times that I definitely, um, 
came very close to just uh, shooting Be Local in the head and walking away. Um, but something in me would not let me do it. And um, I, I just, uh, you know, for me, I'm just, I, I tend to fight to the end and, and uh, you know, the end wasn't, wasn't there and I'm just going to keep on swinging. So I, I kept on going and, and uh, luckily, you know, Ben and I had had several really good conversations and I don't know, man, it's we're we're kind of getting through that, uh, you know, that light is, is shining brightly right now. Um, and it's it's fantastic. It's nice. This is the first time in probably about three or four years that I can actually like breathe, you know, and that's a really strange feeling for me. I've been so wound up and so just stressed out. Um, I think you feel you seem a little more relaxed. Don't you think yeah, yeah. Record? Of course, I think that when we did uh, record episode 34, I think you'd had you had just come from a late night somewhere like on Mount Hood. <laughs> yes, eating eating a ton of meat. Oh, that yes. was that was uh, wild about wild game. About yeah, game. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Right. yeah. So uh, yeah, we had been up late. But yeah. he's in Portland. He could have had a late night eating lots of meat. Any, That's true. Any night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, but no, it does seem. And just hanging out with you the other day, a little more relaxed. So. Yes, sir. That gave you the, I wanted to talk, what prompted me to contact you and say, hey, we need to have you back on the podcast mm-hmm. was uh, when, it was January, you went to Cambodia? No- November. November. Mm-hmm. It was my- uh, Oh, was, yeah, I was reading an article from January. On yeah. That it was a birthday present to myself. Really? I was, I was on the plane November 15th. <laughs> so that, okay. And, go, and, you, and you went to Cambodia. I went to Cambodia. Is this, is this something that you'd been, you know- wanting to do for some time or yeah yeah this is a plan this is a trip that's been several 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 years in the uh in the planning uh stages and you know um i just had never had the uh you know this is one of the other things that joining up with jacobson and having explosive growth does for you is you have you are able to save a tiny bit of money yeah you know for the first time in a long time so um i had a little bit and uh, and I said to my wife, Tess, I said, what do you think if I buy a ticket and go to Cambodia for 14 days? And she goes, get out of here. Go do it. You've been wanting to do it for a long time. So I have what, what sort of spawned it is there's two species of bees there. There's a dwarf honeybee called Apis floria. Very small, very beautiful, beautiful bee. They're open nesters in that they don't, they don't, they don't go inside of cavities like our bees. And they're just a gorgeous bee. And then there's Apis dorsata. And these are the giant honeybees, huge. And once again, they're, they're open nesters as well, but they make nests that'll be like, uh, you know, nine feet long up in trees and that sort of thing. Oh, wow. And I had been in contact with an entomologist over there who does work with the traditional honey hunters in Cambodia, specifically around those bees and conservation. And I'd always wanted to go over. And so when this opportunity um, uh, came about. Birth- birthday. Yeah, birthday. Birthday opportunity. Yeah, came I was like, you know what, I'm out. And also, I wanted to do some filming over there, and I wanted to, you know, take a ton of photos and sort of um, document this dying culture, you know, because the bees are dying out over there, and, and this culture is going to go with it. Um, and so, yeah, I hopped on a plane, and 24 hours of travel time later, I'm landing in Siem Reap, uh, you know, at around 10 o'clock at night and heading off to my adventure. And so what did you what did you want to you just talked about wanting to document something yes. that was dying. Mm-hmm. What else did you want to accomplish? Anything for be local? Was it just personal? Well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, 
I think it's really important. So ultimately, what we're doing is is we're we're you know we're a national. We can be considered a national company now. We're we're we'll be launching nationally into to Williams Sonoma again with a huge big push, which is wonderful. We're expanding throughout uh, Whole Foods and and uh, we have some really great things coming online. But always uh, we're looking internationally as well. So where are these incredible honey sources? What can be local do? to uh, help support these uh, beekeepers who are producing really beautiful honey and and how can we um, and how can we create help create a market for it so we look at it as something like fair trade like fair trade coffee model but for honey that's that's ultimately I think what the direction we're going in um, pretty quickly um, because we're going to have to supply some larger suppliers and it's it'll outstrip what we can do so we need to look at good healthy sources internationally for honey um, and when we do that I want to do it in a way that's where we're doing responsible economic development where we're helping these communities and we're helping this these traditions being passed on that's really important to us so it was kind of a dual purpose thing did you have a moment where you said hey wait a minute my plan was all along this was about Portland this was neighborhood Portland honey now all of a sudden I'm sourcing it or was that just Okay, uh, from the get-go, you knew you were going to have to get outside of Portland. From point. the get-go, so Be Local was designed from the start to be a model that we could place anywhere, okay. anywhere in the United States or anywhere internationally. Always designed to be like that. And that was the foresight of uh, Jeremy Ng, who did my branding initially, came up with the name and that sort of thing. He, he thought about it very carefully because if it was just me, I would have never thought that big, right? Until it was too late and we'd already kind of strangled the brand by calling it, by, Portland. By calling it Portland something or something else because that doesn't right. give you the, the leeway to, to do what you need to do. So the idea has been always to create a model to where we can place everywhere. And then for me, being kind of a <clears throat> coming from a background of, of social services it, it, for a long time and, and that sort of thing is, is I always um, I just want to do good with our company. You know I want to take what we're doing and you know create a positive impact in the world. And if I can do that, and that's awesome. You know, when I think of local brands and people have done well, and we've had, we had Tyler Malik on the podcast. Do you know offhand what podcast, what episode that was? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but Tyler from 50 Salt- something, 40 something, I don't know. Yeah. Right. So Salt and Straw. Yeah. Love those guys. Yeah. And you think of who's doing, who's really killing it. And the, the whole thing comes from, a sincerity mm-hmm. of wanting to do good for other people. Salt and Straw is all about doing something good for the community. Absolutely. A feel-good thing. Yes. They, and it's grown from there. They were my first big client. You know, uh, uh, Kim and, and Tyler came to me to supply honey for their uh, one of their ice creams, their seasonals. And, um, you know, they really helped put me on the map. Uh, they also uh, were the ones that suggested to the to, to uh, Andrew Zimmons production crew when they did the uh, Bizarre Foods America here in Portland that they contact me, you know, so um, and it's that sort uh, that's why I love Portland because it's that sort of support and collaboration that makes it really really amazing, you know. And, yeah, it's a, and it's an inherent organic mm-hmm. wanting to help people. Yeah. I like to think I did yeah. the same thing. I wanted to oh, yeah. do experienced chefs and, yeah. you know, and I always felt like that my charity was um, the a lot of chefs and businesses like you yes. weren't, you know, you needed help. Absolutely. And you needed exposure. Absolutely. So whatever I could do to expose, I always felt that from the, I just loved the scene so much. I want to give people that experience as best as possible. So, and I, and, and sometimes though, I feel like I'm a commercial entity and I don't feel, 
But you have to be. You got to yeah, feed. Yeah. You got to. You got to eat. Yeah, it's a funny balance, and that's that's something that I've been trying to learn as well is is how to balance this. Um, you know what's what's good for the the business. You know because definitely you have to pay attention to that, and then and then balancing that with what's what your vision is and how to do that in a way that's uh, feels good inside. You know the way that you know you can reconcile. So. So, did you bring any bugs for us to eat? Any no. insects for us to eat today? Because no. I know Court's looking hungry over there. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, so that's in reference to my trip to Cambodia, which is one part of it, which was really funny, is that, you know, there's a lot of uh, they eat a lot of bugs over there. It's Southeast Asia. Um, it's just pretty common, and, and the roots of that are, are are kind of varied. But a part of it, especially is in Cambodia, is, is a result of the Khmer Rouge and and the issues around that and. And how uh, you know there's not a lot of food security in in um, in Cambodia. So yeah, I got to um, my first. The first bugs were weaver ants. And by the way, did you go over there with the expectation that you were going to be eating bugs? No, not something? at all. Oh, so not you all. got there and it's like this is the deal. Yeah, this is. I mean, that's the thing. And and I I'll eat or try pretty much anything that's put in front of me. I, the one thing I'm going to say that I'm gonna ha- I would have a really 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 hard time with would be dog. And that's just because I'm a dog lover. Right. I just don't think I could do it. You think you'd eat human before dog? Yep. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm yes. inch my chair just a little bit more this way. Yep. Uh, yes. Actually. Actually. Now you said yeah, well, weaver ants were these uh, were these alive? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, the first ones weren't weren't alive. Okay, but some they do eat some of the bugs over there. They're literally they're like pulling it out of a tree. Or oh whatever. sure, yeah. Stump. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the weaver ants, uh, we were walking through a market and uh, with my my fixer, um, who's a lovely man, Sochit is his name, and um, took really good care of me. What's the- his handle on Instagram? Uh, yeah, right. You want to tag him. Yeah, yeah. You can find him on Facebook. Um, that's Facebook's a big thing over there. That's like huge. That's interesting. Yeah. Because who, who wouldn't be? That would be their right. only... Right, one of the only for some reason Cambodians love it, like even more so than we do. Are they carrying phones? Yes. Over there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Phones and iPads and even as you went ventured into the jungles and uh, you still saw it. Yes. Yeah. Ex- their phones weren't. When you get further out, the phones are a little more tend to get a little bit more primitive and more primitive mm-hmm. and primitive by meaning just you know like flip phones like a- from. Like a 3G yeah. iPhone. Yeah, Ooh. totally. Oh, I was just going to say an iPhone, period. <laughs> or or right. a flip phone. I still get a kick out of people yeah. people flip, whipping out their phone and it's a flip phone. And it's yeah. like, hmm. But those people are all proud of it. I know. Yeah. I, I know. Sure they are. Yeah. And they're te- how do you, texting on the number keypad. Yeah. That's, those were the days. At any rate. So I'm sorry for oh my the gosh. interruption. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm done. <laughs> no one said the word. We haven't discussed it. No, no. one said oh. the word amazing. If you want to leave, you can just say it three times. Oh, I've got You're that. Gone. I got my out in the back of my head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening. Uh, so uh, we were walking through this market, Sarlu, which is, um, there's, Siem Reap is a fairly small city. There's this whole downtown core by the river that is just what we call the tourist ghetto. And it is, there's Pub Street, which is like where all the backpackers go and you party and it's super loud and it's really annoying. And then there's a central market there, and that's built for tourists. So you go down there, you're gonna, you're gonna pay Barang prices. So you're gonna, you're gonna pay white guy prices, right? All you have to do, and it's not, it's not very, it's not really where Cambodians do their shopping. They don't hang out there. It's for tourists. 
So they took me out to Sarlu, which is right off of National Highway 6, and this is a real market. You go in there, and this is where Cambodians do their daily shopping. This is where it's the real deal. The smells are crazy almost. At some point, even me, who has a pretty pretty good, was there were some little alleyways where I was having trouble. Uh, Definitely was like, I need to get out of here. It smells so bad. Um, but we walked past this one booth. And, and was it hot in November? Oh, yeah. It's like 92 degrees. And humid. Mm. And humid. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, it's it's nice for a Northwesterner to be dealing with humid and hot. Hot and humid. Yeah, it's 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 it was brutal at some points. Um, and so we walked past, and I'm just looking at all the crazy stuff. I'm like, what's that? And it's this blue bag, and, and there's just these just this mound in there. And he's like, oh, they're ants. I'm like, ants? He's like, yeah, ants. And I was like, you want to try some? And I'm like, mm, okay, why not? So I just reached in there and popped them in my mouth, and I was stunned. They tasted, it was an explosion of citrus and lime. It was incredible. And they had a really wonderful texture, a little bit gritty on the finish. but Just to clarify, were they live? No, these ones were dead. Okay. And so I, I've come to, since then, I've come to find out weaver ants are a huge source of protein in Southeast Asia. Um, they actually command higher prices than meat, which is really interesting. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so per, I, per pound. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Per kilo over there. Per, but yeah. 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 Um, and I was really taken aback. And that was my first sort of like, wow, these are really fascinating. These are incredible. I, I would love to have these back here. I would use them all the time, you know. Um, and then my next time I ate them, we were, I was on a, with my entomologist friend. We we're go ahead. I was going to ask if you can procure them because I would. I'm sure there are some <laughs> chefs here that would want to try them on a menu. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know some uh, folks that are into the bug thing here, but they do mostly. It's mostly like uh, they've got a freeze dry the bugs and stuff. I think there's some sort of probably FDA regulations around them or something. So you couldn't get them. I would and, hope so. You know, one would hope. Yeah. Yeah. FD, and then, FDA will regulate like bugs, but they won't regulate honey. Right. I know. Go figure. Right. <laughs> so the next time I had them, and this was funny is, 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 uh, we were, uh, I was with my entomologist friend and he was taking me on this bug, bug tour outside of, uh, Angkor Wat. We didn't actually go into Angkor Wat. We just, I was more excited by walking around in the jungles outside of it and looking at bugs. And um, and we were with two ladies from Seattle, one of which actually has a radio show, which was kind of kind of funny. And, um, and we, <laughs> What's funny about a radio show, that people have radio shows? or Well, I don't know. Just a small world. Yeah, it's yeah, a small okay. world. That's all I know. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. You should hook up with her and well, find out well. what her, ex- her experience. Yeah. And so we were walking by this tree, and the, the weaver ants were, I was watching them. They were going up and down the tree, and they were looking at me. And so I just grabbed one, just popped it in my mouth, and they just looked at me like I was insane. Um, but once again, just this really beautiful citrus, bright pop, just fantastic. So and does the, the, the taste of the ant come from just where they're living, the trees? Are, are these citrus trees they're on? Or is uh, this... No, it's uh, the type of, uh, is it formic acid? Okay. Or it's, it's the type of, it's, there's a, it's, it's, I don't think it's dictated by their environment. It might be to some extent. I wonder if there's ant terroir. Ooh, hyperlocal ants. Yeah. Maybe that's my next venture. <laughs> <laughs> Hyperlocated local bugs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then out in the jungle, uh, you know, we would be coming through farmers, uh, you know, uh, properties. And and um, oftentimes, well, not often, a couple times, 
um, they would come up and ask if we wanted a snack and sit down. And that snack would be just this bowl of crazy fried bugs, mantis, katydids, grasshoppers, crickets, stick, stick bugs, just everything. And the first time I kind of, I was like, ants, ants are small. That's yeah. doable, right? And how many in a mouth, so how many do you think you're taking per? Of the five? ants? Yeah, like. Oh, just like pinches, you know. So do you, do you eat these like you would like a bowl of like, <laughs> That's like what I was, popcorn yeah, or like yeah. chips? You're just, yeah. you're not like. So you're taking like taking four or five ants in each biteful or. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. I've I've had grasshopper. I've had like, uh-huh. and it's probably the freeze dried like, but it yeah. was dipped in chocolate. So it was basically chocolate with like this weird dry leg thingy in it. Yeah, but you know, yeah, you had, you had that chocolate. It's chocolate. I yeah. I know you know. I'm surprised. I don't think I've ever had that, and I've never run into it around here. You one would think that in the city you'd run into it sometimes. Well, and... there's a what I've found out is there's bubblings and mer- it's it's. Bugs are, they're coming up. Well, and I'm sure there, there's like an underground, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right, right. You know, like there yeah. the, the underground cannabis dinners before mm-hmm. it was legal. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's underground bug people around. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there there, uh, I I wouldn't be shocked to see a bug food cart come up in the next year. That's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. I think that's and people the natural. Have, people have approached me about it, and I'm like, oh, I'm too busy, but. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be fantastic. It'd be really fun. Well, so back, plus honey coated. Yeah. Yeah. Back to this bowl. So yes, you started the with the ants. Yes. Yeah, started with the ants. And then it, br- it brings out the, and the bugs are beautiful. They're just slightly fried in, in oil. Right. And they're just this beautiful green and, and red colors. It's just gorgeous stuff. So I grabbed, you know, a Katie did and just took a bite and it was just really good. Hmm. And I just kind of kept on eating more. But the best bug was the mantis. So incredibly good. And I mean, I was blown away by it. Just you bit into it and it has this, this nice like sort of uh, the, the, the skin or the exoskeleton is sort of like a perfectly fried egg roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got into it and then it gave way to this just beautiful floral taste like flowers. It was incredible. Hmm. Blown away. Lovely stuff. That would be fun to have a dinner where you have mm-hmm. someone like you or... Uh, an expert doing like the the bug talk, like, the mantis talk, like right? the white wine dinners. Yes, of course. And there's really no difference. It's just a different yeah. different deal. Yeah, and they all have their own flavors. So, yeah. um, so how much of your how much of your dining when you were there was bugs? Was it just a little snack here and there? Yeah, Are it was you... little snacks here and there. So it it wasn't a lot. Most of the dining, um, luckily, what I had was um, because I I went. Out of Seam Reap, and I went 160 kilometers north uh, into Biante Menche, which is this um, area up by the border of Thailand and Cambodia. Really, just like backwater, like way out there. And I stayed in this small village. So the meals, how did you make the arrangements? How did you know to? Uh, my friend, um, who I went to high school with, middle school and high school, and consequently in 1987, we were part of a group that had gone to China. Um, as juniors in, in high school. And, um, and anyways, he had moved to Cambodia like 12 years ago and he lives in Siem Reap. And so that's who I stayed with and that's who made all the arrangements. And then um, Sochit, who's a, a good friend of his, um, is the one who, you know, put me on the back of his motor scooter and we rode, <laughs> rode five hours at 30 miles an hour in 95 degree heat 
uh, up to this small village in the middle of nowhere um, to his families. Um, but what was wonderful about it is that this is the kind of experience that I like. I don't want to be in the tourist areas. I don't want, uh, you know, I want to see the, the real Cambodia. I want to see, I want to get the reality of wherever I'm at. You know, there's no running water. There's no air conditioning. There's no, you sleep on a mat. Um, the food was incredible. I mean, they just, um, you know, every meal, it, it was, they would do these these sour morning glory soups and, um, make this incredible kind of ubiquitous fish paste. You find it all over, all over the place called prahak, and it's this fermented fish paste that is astounding. It's so good. Uh, they had, um, I wanted to show my, uh, uh, I wanted to give them some gift for hosting me. So prior to being up there, I had made arrangements to buy them a whole hog. And so by the time I got up there, they had been slow roasting it for a day and a half and had glazed it in the apis dorsata or the giant bee honey for me. Mm. So we ate that the whole time. Wow. Um, it, the, the food was extraordinary. And you don't get that. Like if, if you're in Siem Reap or you're in the cities and you go to a restaurant, you're not going to get that. Um, so this was kind of the Anthony Bourdain. Uh, the, some of the Anthony Bourdain experience. Sure. He'd be at the restaurants too, but sure. And I did go to the is, restaurants as well. Yeah, yeah, so. but yeah, and I think that you know, uh, I mean, Bourdain has always been correct in that you need to you need to get out there and you need to take chances. You need to um, you need to get out of the boat, you know, and and brave the tigers to get those mangoes. You know, you you've got to do it. You you have to push your limits. It was uncomfortable. My back hurt. Um, I was sunburned. I got heat stroke at, at Bante Chamar, this temple, the next day where we went to, you know, see these giant bees. And, um, you know, it, but it was so worth it. This is what you do. You have to push your limits um, because otherwise, what is there to experience? You won't experience anything. How long did you go without a shower in that heat? Oh, here? oh, no. You you shower uh, at uh, twice a day at least. Oh, okay, because you said no running water. Right. Oh. So they have uh, a water closet. Mm-hmm. So you basically you have a water closet, piece of soap, and a scoop, and you just whoosh, you know, oh, okay yeah, so. and all the all of it's pond water that they go up the the road to get. Um, so actually, it's a little for, appreciation for everything we take for granted here. Yeah, and uh, what's what's amazing it, it, is that what people can do with so little. I mean, you there, um, you know, yeah. There's no running water and. But they, everything is kept very, very clean, you know. And a part of that is you don't want to get sick out there because you do, do not want to go to Cambodian hospital. Um, you can't, they can't afford it for one. Number two, doctors are kind of a joke over there um, in that you, it's very easy to buy your degrees. Mm. It's very, very, Cambodia is a very interesting place. It's very corrupt. Um, and what do they think of Americans? Uh, uh, they, uh Everyone's very pleasant. Very pleasant. So there was no... Oh, no, no, none at all. Everyone's fantastic. It was fantastic. Yeah, none of that. Um, So, yeah, everything's kept very clean and very sanitary for, you know, and it's it's amazing. It was great. So what did you you bring back with you other than the experience? Any knowledge for your business? Um, Any any ideas? Anything that's... uh, Yeah, man, I want to I want to go back. Um, I, well, I, I did, I was able to smuggle back a little bit of the Apis Floria honey, which is pretty cool. The rest of it got confiscated in China, which is kind of a pain in the butt. Um, what I learned, how'd you, how'd you smuggle it? What was <laughs> Keistered it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no. <laughs> if you don't know what he just said, just think about what he said just a little bit longer and yeah. you'll get there. And we're going to move on. Yes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, I just, it was in my bag and they just didn't look through it. That's all. Really, it wasn't. I didn't really. But in but in China, they did look through your bag and. Well, the the deal was was that I had had some because um, you do with you make do with whatever container you have out there in the friggin' middle of nowhere. Right. And, and this just happened to be a water bottle, so I had squeezed a bunch of the honey into the wa- a water bottle, and they don't want you. You can't take that much liquid in, and I totally forgot, and I should have put it in my check bags, mm. and they were like water bottle water or do you have a battery? And I'm like, no. And they're like, water bottle. I'm like, I don't have a water bottle. And they're like, no, 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 no. So I opened the bag. I'm like, oh, crap, it's this. And they were actually pretty nice. And I was like, they were, and I was like, oh, it's just honey. They're like, you just can't take this on there. And so I said, you know, what if I find something smaller to put it in? And they were like, yeah, 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 okay, that's fine. Um, but I just, I couldn't find anything. I'm in the middle of this security check. There's nothing. So I had to toss it out. But I have, but I, what I got through was um, uh, the honey still in the comb. Hmm. Which was kind of cool. So. Oh, that is. But as far as like you know, business wise, you learn right away how different it's going to be doing business in in different countries. Whole nother animal, you know. And you really have to know. Uh, yeah, you, ha- you really have to know what's going on there. Hmm. So. so yeah, and each country's different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not like you can just. Yeah. So you're when you said worldwide domination, mm-hmm. you're not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm you're not, you're not just talking domestic honey here. You no. Want to do... Not at all. I mean, we want to bring the best honey. You know, there's beautiful stuff being made all over the world. Like the stuff that I brought back from Cambodia is the most, is extraordinary. This beautiful jungle honey. And it's just fruity and ripe and tropical and gorgeous, you know. And to be able to bring that to, you know, uh, chefs or our customers would be fantastic. It'll blow minds. I mean, it's incredible. You know? So that's that's a different business than than pack bottling it there or jarring it there and selling it there mm-hmm. you're talking about getting it getting it back here and and creating markets for new honeys that no one's ever had yes ever yes and I, I would I would like to see some of it jarred and, and bottled there I think that would be you know as far as um, I think that would be a, a nice step um, you know straight to retail is always always the best but I think in to develop that we would have to have a, a, a solid kind of economic model that's actually you know making money and then you can go into and do the really cool things so when do you expect that to happen what's oh uh, man I uh, and how much of how much is what be local is doing is now Damien and then how much of it is the Jacobson's and so you got family there now it's a uh, and, and Matthew Domingo, mm-hmm. he plays a big role. Oh, in he's it. fantastic. Yeah. So how much of the decisions of Be Local are you making with everybody? And You know, it's it's really interesting because it, it has changed a little bit. Um, I think we have a um, – there is a guiding philosophy to Be Local, but as far as sometimes new products will come out and they'll be like, what's that? You know, it's that sort of, sort of thing does happen. But we're such a good and strong team that I trust in them and that we're going to make the right decisions and that, um, you know, there's nothing, uh, coming out that I'm not proud of, you know, and, and, and I, and there we're definitely tight enough and a solid enough team to where if that happens and I don't feel comfortable with it, I can definitely say something as can anybody else, you know? So, um, it's, and are you involved in the salt business? I am. I am. So I do, so I do essentially I do brand management for both both companies at this point, which is great. It's what I love to do. 
I get to tell the stories. I get to talk to people. I get to guide, you know, kind of the vision. Um, I get to take lots of photos. Um, you know, it's it's all the stuff that I love to do. And then the and the, you know, because the business side, like I said before, that's not my strength. You know, let somebody who knows what they're doing do that. And that's Ben, and and that's you know Gabe Jacobson, and and that side of the team. You know, so um, a part of this that's been really cool is really kind of finding our identities within the company and being able to be put in the right roles. You know, that's been fantastic. And I think it's, it's um, you know, it's just made us really, really, really strong. I'm super happy with where things are going and where we're at now. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a long way from, what is it, two years ago now? I guess it's about, it was about two years yeah. ago you were on the Yeah, it's a long podcast. way for me. I don't know. But, and that's not a long time. That's, no. that's a, I mean, long, it's a lot of progress. Yeah, for, it's, no, it's, it's a whirlwind. You know, I mean, I was I was at the point and of closing up Be Local. That's that's how that's how grim it was. And you know? so, uh, how far away were you from that to when you met and started talking to Ben about? Okay, here's how we save it. Um, it was kind of hand in hand in a, in a way. Uh, we, um, you know, I, I we had been talking about my situation. Um, you know, unfortunately, I had a business partner that didn't put the effort in um, and, you know, just kind of wanted something for free uh, as. At, and at what point, how far into the business were you when you realized that? Um, well, I think I had taken, it was probably, I had been with that guy for about six months before I was like. So there was an original, it wasn't just Damien for the original Be Local. Oh no, it, it was. I brought mm-hmm. him on. Later. Later. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, Want, you know, you can't do it all yourself and you want some, but you need, I needed a team. I needed someone or I needed somebody else, you know, I needed. And so anyways, I'm a real, uh, I'm a real handshake sort of guy and take you at your word. And, and unfortunately that, that doesn't always work out. Um, I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad it's over and, and probably learned what to look out for. Oh, absolutely. And then led you to something a little more Yes. Responsible, I suppose. Yeah. I, I don't know what word to use, but something that was worked out better. For yeah, you. absolutely. I mean, it's been working out. I mean, this has been going beyond our wildest dreams. So know? what's new? What's coming? What's coming down the pike for Be Local? What if someone's in the store looking at all the different varieties that you have? What's uh-huh. the one that you would say? Obviously, everybody has different tastes. Right. Palettes. Right. But but what's the one that you would say? That's probably the one you want to try. I, you know, I really like our Oregon High Desert. Um, I'm a real fan of that. I just think it just reflects the environment so well. And so it's, where's it from? It's from uh, Eastern Oregon. Whereabouts? Like a little out past Bend in that kind of area. Okay. Yeah. 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 So down in the where the uh, the occupation took place. Yeah. Around yeah. there. Yeah. You know, um, but it's a really beautiful. Um, it's a really beautiful honey. Other than that, we are, we've got two new products that we're super thrilled on. One you won't be because you don't like the smoke thing. Um, I don't necessarily (laughs) like that. I just don't like everything being smoked. That's all. You know, getting a menu and having a a waiter read specials to you and everything's smoked. Right. That's all. That's all. So we have a, we have a hot honey that's fantastic. Um, I didn't get to try that. Oh, I've got to get you some. Yeah, we'll get you some. So we have a hot honey that is just fantastic. That recipe was developed by Sarah Marshall of Marshall's. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and she's great. And then she redid our smoked honey to make it more of a sauce, like the hot honey. And it is astounding. 
Notice I didn't use the word. Yeah. <laughs> right? Did you actually have that on paper, the different adjectives <laughs> to use? No. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, and it, and it's, so what's that? That one's called? That one's just called smoked honey. It's a smoked honey. And uh, it is um, really amazing. The recipe she developed was incredible. Uh, I got one. Thank you. Got you. One. All right. All right. You tried so hard, too. Uh, he, almost gets, if, he almost gets credit for planning right. and trying. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, those products are coming out. Um, we'll be seeing much more of those. Um, we are looking at doing some partnerships and supplying the honey for places like 18 Rabbits, which do these really beautiful granola bars. And so we're looking at really expanding. We're doing a heavy push into California with some honeys that we found down there and into Washington as well. So there's a lot of stuff coming up. So with William Sonoma, you're going to be available nationwide? Now? Absolutely, yeah. Wow, doing, that's a lot of production. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's going to be... Is anybody from William Sonoma listening to this podcast now, do you think? You think you can prompt that? Because... They'd be a great sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> yes, I will get it. I will get it over to them. <laughs> I'll say, hey, I was just on a podcast. Yeah, and t- for them, it's a mm-hmm. small little thing in Portland. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, yeah, I'll get it over to them. Good. Just they're they're and they've been fan- they've been really really good supporters of us. Obviously, um, it you know it helps. Um, they they love what we're doing. Both uh, be local and Jacobson. So, you know, we're we're pleased to be partnered with them. That's fantastic, and that's mm-hmm. a good. Good to be able to always tell someone that's where you can find it because mm-hmm. that is anywhere. Yeah. Where else in Portland? Uh, you know, the, the usual suspects, Whole Foods, New Seasons, Market of Choice, who are so great supporters, uh, World Foods downtown. Um, gosh, um, I know I'm missing a bunch, so I apologize, but there's a lot of, you know, kind of smaller you boutique. You can't possibly. Yeah, boutique mm-hmm. shops. A lot of restaurants are using your stuff on our menus. That's what I was going to ask really you. So fun. just throw, we don't have a lot of time, but... A, a few of your favorite uses of your product that you've had recently, because I'm sure you get to sample. You we do. we do we do. Um, Rick of Lardo always does great stuff with our hot honey. They're running a cocktail now. Um, they had been running their pig ears with our hot honey, which is fantastic. Um, gosh, you can uh, trifecta is running something. I'm not exactly sure. Probably a cocktail. Um, Let's see what else. Vitaly's a big Vitaly, of course. Yes, yeah. Always, always. Vitaly Paley, yes. Paley's place in Imperial. Yeah. And Doug Adams. And Doug over Adams. There. And yeah. then Gregory. Gregory. Because right? you have a hive on top of uh, we the do. Nines. So, so Chris Starkus and, and Gregory. Yeah. Um, right. Um, who else? Gosh, um, I just so many. It's, you, it's really. Can fun. you remember the one? Oh, Red Sauce Pizza. Um, oh, I love I, the. Yeah. I love that um, place. Um, um, uh, Habits of Pizza Jerk. Um, I believe is using our stuff because um, the hot honey is amazing on pizza. It's uncanny. is it really it's with what? Just squeeze it over the top. Just a just yeah. a cheese pizza. Yeah, just a whatever pizza. It's incredible. Wow. It's I don't know about pizza. I don't know about your clam pizza. It might be no honey might, clams. No, no, no. I don't you, think that's a, that works. No, that sounds a little weird. To me. Try it once. Yeah. No, but that's not the idea. <laughs> oh, B.J. Smith at Smokehouse, of course. Love like uh, love love Smokehouse Tavern. I haven't been there in a while, but you know, when you go to Nostrana, that's what you smell. Smokehouse, mm-hmm. Smokehouse Tavern now. Yeah. BJ's it's, killing it. Open his third in Vancouver, third restaurant. Oh, that's right, Vancouver. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. That's not many people do that. Yeah, I think it's a great move. Yeah. I think it's a great move. Well, the our friend Wendy with Loke of Oregon mm-hmm. up there, she uh, she's always touting anything that is good up there. She's really happy. I yeah. would imagine living up there, it's nice not mm-hmm. to have to go over the river, especially with the traffic. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays. Well, so um, 
thanks for coming over the river over here, over the yeah, Willamette. It's such a long drive. I didn't know if here. I was going to make it. It's oh, terrible. I really appreciate it. Is there anything we didn't cover that we that we need to cover? Uh, I don't know. Uh, your, your, just... ha- your tags, where do, people, where do oh, people follow? Oh, sure, yeah. Let's get the old socials in there. So you can. Uh, so for Be Local, it's uh, at Be Local for Instagram. For my personal Instagram, which you'll find lots of my photos, you'll find Cambodian stuff and, and you know, other sorts of trip stuff. Uh, it's at Damien Majesta. Um, Twitters for Be Local will be at Be Local Honey and, of course, www.belocal.com. You can find us at. Um, so, yeah, I mean, follow us. We got, always have stuff going on. Can we do, I didn't even ask you, can we do a hashtag share to win R-A-T-F? And give someone a little bit of honey? Yeah, absolutely. We'll have a nice jar of honey for one of your uh, listeners. So share the podcast. Talk about what you liked or even didn't like about this sure. podcast. And uh, and we'll have we'll find a, the week that this runs. The first week that runs, we don't do it forever. Yeah. But the Wednesday that this runs, which will be early April, I believe. Yes. Or, yeah, it will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will be. Thanks. <laughs> Corey, you're going on hour what? You're going on almost 12 hours. Getting all, about, getting all glassy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thanks so much, Damien. Thank you. It. Always enjoy being on here. Now we are, and we got to get Ben on, too. Oh, yeah, we'll get him on. That's the plan. You'll we, love it. He and I were talking about it, and uh, we just couldn't. It's been, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. With We've had some major events that we've been doing. So We but have, we'll, we'll we have time. We've got a whole year here, mm-hmm. and hopefully another year. And he's got and, a really intriguing story as well. It's pretty amazing. I'm I want to. We want to hear it, and we want to hear a little different twist on it than than everybody else. He's been in a lot of press. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and it's a cool experience. By the way, do you invite people out to out to the Neatarts? Oh, so the you, general public. Yeah. So the general public can go down uh, to the to the Salt Works at Neatarts. Um, there's a little gift shop. Um, that as of now, you you can't do a tour like we did. Um, that's kind of a VIP thing. And, um, but you can go on but uh, you, at Portland Food ADV and see some of that. Absolutely. That we did. But you can go down and you can see the, you can see the, you know, where you can see the, the salt works and you can buy some gifts at the gift shop and it's definitely worth it. And someone will come out and, and chat with you. And, and like we did, yeah. uh, you can make it a little trip and go to the schooner for oh, yeah. lunch oh, yeah. and get the Neat Hearts Bay salad. Oh, my God. And you had a po' boy. Uh, that was insane. Yeah. It was the, crazy. The oysters were just giant. A giant. Yeah. So that's always been one of my favorites out there. So do that. Yeah. It's fun. It's beautiful. It's a nice day trip. That's cool. It's it's Oregon. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Go out and see where the salt is being harvested from for all this great Jacobson salt. And you got hives out there, too. Yeah, we got hives up uh, above the hills in Garibaldi. Yep. Beautiful. All right, thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right at the Fork.